This is a previous podcast replay. Weight loss and time efficiency, among other things. Episode 305. Are you ready to make your law firm a profit-generating machine that will free up your time and skyrocket your impact? With more than two decades of business growth experience and having proven that you can be successful while prioritizing your family and your impact, introducing the Profit with Law podcast. I am your host, the creator of the firm differentiator 10x effect, Moshe Amsel. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Profit with Law podcast. I'm your host, Moshe Amsel, and today I'm going to dive into a bit of a different episode than what I've been doing in the past, and I'm going to get personal with you. So um, I am fat. Now, um, maybe by a lot of people's definitions, I am not. Um, but I know where I should be and I know where I am, right? I'm a five foot eight. I'm a little bit broad shouldered. So according to the doctors and the charts, I should be 160, 160 pounds. But I know that my healthy weight is probably around 185. And I currently weigh 255 pounds. So that puts me, what, 70 pounds overweight? 70 pounds overweight. Um, I'm the heaviest I've been in my entire life. And three times in the past, I've dieted and dropped 50 pounds um, to my healthy weight. So while A, I know that I can lose weight and I know that I could drop down, uh, but I've never lost 70 pounds before. Uh, but it also seems like, you know, I when, when I go off the beaten path and I start putting on weight again, that I reach new highs. Uh, Now, before you, you're like, well, what does Moshe's weight have to do with me growing my law firm? Um, It has everything to do with it because we're going to talk about human behavior with me as your specimen, right? Um, But my failure to keep my weight off or to keep a healthy weight for my body um, is no different than perhaps your struggles with time management or your struggles with profitability or your struggles with selling um, or your struggles with clarity. Everyone has their struggle and we really need to understand what is causing that struggle and what are we going to do about it? So ultimately where I believe my true struggle is, is in all is in my vision, right? Because if my vision of my, of where, of who I should be, what, what my ideal situation would be if I look at, you know, I close my eyes and I say, okay, if everything that I had were exactly the way that I wanted, what would that look like? And if that vision doesn't include a skinny or a fit version of me, and I don't want that badly enough, 
then I'm going to allow various excuses to override the logical will that I have to be healthy and fit. So logically, I know that I should be healthy and fit. Um, I know I want to be a good example to my kids. I know I want to live. I know that when I reach a certain weight, my knees start to hurt. And I know that when I am my normal weight, I don't snore in my sleep. But now at this weight, I snore in my sleep. So there's a million and one logical reasons why I should maintain a healthy weight, why I should uh, maintain a healthy lifestyle. And don't get me wrong. It's not like I don't put in an effort. As a matter of fact, I'm currently recovering from an injury from riding my road bike. Um, You know, I'm getting out there to do the exercise, but maybe I'm not consistent with it. Maybe I'm not doing enough of it. Or maybe I eat more than I burn because when I exercise, I eat more than when I don't, and I'm making up for it by by increasing my intake. So ultimately, if we look at this idea or this concept of of vision of what is it that we that we truly want, and then I play that back into my own struggles with weight. And I say, okay, my vision isn't strong enough. So what's happening is, is that my desire for food, because I love food, I mean, literally like almost any food out there, I love and I enjoy and I love to eat. And I mean, some of it is a, a lot of it is a byproduct of circumstance, but it's ultimately, and and people say, oh, it's lack of self-control, right? You should just be able to control yourself and not put that piece of food in your mouth. And I don't think that it's about self-control. I don't think it's because I don't have the ability to say, no, I'm not going to put that into my mouth. I have really good self-control. But the desire to control yourself has to be there. In other words, you have to you have to feel like you should be self-controlling yourself at that moment for it to even trigger the self-control mechanism of your psyche or, or however we operate, right? So when I am e- eating the leftovers that my kids have on the table, instead of throwing it out, that's probably more a byproduct of being ingrained in me growing up that we don't waste food and not being willing to throw that in the garbage than a lack of self-control. And that's not even, a, a oh, oh, I'm eating their leftovers because it's good or because I want it or because I'm hungry. None of those things exist. I mean, if my kids leave over some chicken nuggets and there's cold chicken nuggets on the table. I mean, I could think of a gazillion other things that are in the refrigerator that I can eat cold or warm up that would taste better than that. So why am I putting that in my mouth? And I, when you start to look at the actions that you're taking and you start to question, why am I doing this? That can start to unlock what perhaps the solution might be. That can, that can start to open up your mind to the possibility that there's something else at play here that maybe it's not because everything's in your control 
maybe the reason that you struggle with time management is not because you don't have an understanding of the calendar. Maybe it's because when you were growing up, you you were trained to cram for your tests at the last minute because you didn't have somebody disciplining you to make sure that you studied slowly over time and were ready for it naturally the day the day the test came or the day the assignment was due and maybe as a byproduct of that that's how you operate in your life throughout the day at work and your work comes to fruition that way the work comes you know your work it comes out that way in your work that these habits that have been developed over many years during your childhood. So what's the solution, right? I mean, if we, we start to analyze this, we start to look at it, we say, okay, so I'm not making logical decisions to do something that I know is not good for me. I'm not making logical decisions to derail myself from success. So there's something else at play. It's not really emotional. It's more like subconscious, right? And so subconscious and psyche. So we, and, you know, one thing that I always struggle with is being in tune with my psyche or with my subconscious. And if I try to do this exercise, I struggle with it. So I imagine that many of you may also, but we need to start asking ourselves the question of why. You know, why did I do this action or why didn't I stick to my plan? You know, like if you have something that's due two weeks from now and you plan to do a little bit every day and you write it on your calendar or you have the 90 day, the 90 X action planner and you put it in the planner with every intention of doing each of those things every day. And then at the end of the week, you look back and you're like, wow, I didn't do any of this. Why, why does that happen? That's what you need to be asking yourself. What you need to be asking yourself is, is how did this come about? Like what mind justification did I give myself to not execute each day? And you'll probably go back and say, oh, on Monday I had this client, this became a high priority and I couldn't get to it. And then I was exhausted at the end of the day. So I pushed it to Tuesday and on Tuesday, this happened, you know, somebody set off the sprinkler alarm and the sprinklers in the building and everything got soaking wet and I was dealing with all of the catastrophe from that and opening an insurance claim and Wednesday, you know, and you start to look at it and like on the face value, the logical explanation of how this came about, it, it makes sense, right? But when you dig deeper and you say, well, if this was my priority number one, if this was my you know, utmost thing that I needed to do that day, and instead, whatever these things I'm mentioning took priority, that simply means that I am not placing the right level of priority on this. Why not? Why do I feel like this is less important? Why do I jump to this... Um, I don't know, what was my first example on day one? Oh, a client emergency, right? Why do I jump to my client emergency being the most high priority thing? It really isn't. The most high priority thing for you as a law firm owner is to take the one small, simple step action that's necessary today to move your business forward. 
So by saying yes to a client who's in crisis and not doing this, you have essentially prioritized the client. So you've prioritized one person or one relationship over the future of your firm. And mind you, if you had just pushed off that client for a little bit and knocked out the thing you had to do that day, which probably would only take you, I mean, less than an hour, you'd probably figure out how to fit the client's emergency in the rest of the day after that hour is done. You know, an example that I can use when we're talking about, you know, prioritizing and, and where do you place your priority? We, we have a triage system in EMS and emergency medical services for a mass casualty incident. So we have what we call triage tags that we carry in our equipment. And it's very rare to get to use those. And, you know, in, in an EMT or paramedics entire career, the, the average one may never use them. You know, they'll use them once, maybe twice. So the way those triage tags work is they start at the top with a black color. It then becomes red, then becomes yellow, then becomes green. And each color can be ripped off leading up to the black. And at the top, there's a string. So basically, you can wrap it or hang it on somebody's neck or, or place it on somebody. And then you can tear off. So if, if you don't tear off anything, then they are green. Green means there's, they're fine. Um, they can, you know, they're walking wounded, minor, minor, you know, lacerations or injuries. Um, and they're the least priority to be dealt with, right? The, um, the next step is yellow, which is starting to get already more serious, but they're not critical. So they're yellow. Red is critical. Like they need attention right away or they will die. And black is death or imminent death. They're either dead or they're so close to being dead that by the time we allocate resources to them, they likely will have passed and therefore they get marked as black so that we don't waste resources on that person and therefore pull somebody away from somebody who's red color and could be saved. Now, if I am on the paramedic truck and I am sent to a mass casualty incident and I arrive on scene, I have a choice to make. And that choice is I can choose to go find one person out of a hundred or a thousand injured people in front of me and treat them. And I, you know, I probably am really, even if I, let's say I take somebody who looks like they're, you know, almost dead and I treat them and I, you know, I give them the fluids that they need and, and do CPR on them or whatever needs to be done. Right. I take them to the hospital, revive them. They, they live, they survive and I save them. Right. But by doing that, I ignored the other 99 or the other 999 injured people and probably many more have died as a result of the fact that I took care of one person. 
My other option is to be the triage person, to start working my way through patients and marking them with a color so that when additional resources arrive, they know who they need to deal with first and we can save the most lives possible. Now, why, why am I using this example? I'm using this example because if you're struggling with time management and you're prioritizing one client's emergency or one client's needs over the thing that you need to do to move the needle forward in your business, you're essentially doing the same thing as me showing up to a mass casualty incident and treating one person. You are, you're, you're losing sight of the big picture of what's really important and focusing on, it's not something unimportant, right? In my example, it's not unimportant that I, you know, that person's life that I, that I saved, but it wasn't the right thing for me to do because it derailed me from being able to have a much greater impact by assessing the situation for all the people there. And this is no different for you, right? You can, we're not saying that the work you're doing for the client or the work that you're doing that's distracting you from this is any less important or not important, but it does not have the same level of domino effect. It does not allow you to down the road increase how many people you can help. So by prioritizing helping this one person over the work that I should be doing to grow my firm so that I could hire more people, so that we could collectively serve more people, that alone is, is what's making it a wrong decision. But we do this all the time. And we do this all the time. Why? Because we only see what's in front of us. It's so hard to see the future. It's so hard to see the possibility. You're sure we can envision it. We can envision it. We can plan for it. But in the heat of the moment, on a day to day basis, the task that's in front of us that has immediate ramifications and immediate results always tends to come to the top, always tends to show up first. You know, um, using my EMS examples, um, there is something called a distracting injury. So if we come across a patient and, I mean, the patient is like covered in blood on, their, on one of their arms and... We look at it, we're like, oh my gosh, look at this arm. We got to stop the bleeding. We got to save the arm. And we don't look at the patient. That patient could be in respiratory distress or in respiratory arrest or in cardiac arrest. They, they need to have us breathe for them or pump on their chest for them. And if we focus on the arm, they're not going to get the oxygen they need and they're going to die. So that's a distracting injury where the injury looks so severe that you focus on it and you don't focus on the entire picture of what you need to do for this patient. So this is another example of what might be happening 
when you're struggling and I, and I chose time management as an example. I mean, there's, you know, there's all the things that we could be that we could be dealing with, your profitability, your cash flow, your revenue, your ability to make sales, all that stuff, right? But with time management, when you're struggling to figure out how to prioritize the things that you know are important, right? You know it's important to be able to um, to be able to move the needle forward in your business. You've identified what those things are, but yet the implementation, the taking action, that's the hard part. And the way to overcome that is to start to see the bigger picture, start to see the vision, remind yourself of the vision, remind yourself of why you're doing this and remind yourself of what kind of setback it's going to have if you execute in the way that you're on track to do rather than doing what you know you need to do, which is to prioritize this thing that's going to move the needle forward in your business. So coming back full circle to my journey, and my struggle with weight loss. When I choose or, or take the action of putting something into my mouth or not going and doing the exercise I need to do, when I choose that, that action, it's because I'm distracted. It's because it's a, it's a distracting injury or it's because it's a, um, it's, it, I'm showing up to an MCI and I'm choosing one patient instead of looking at the big picture. That's what's happening. So what I need to do is I need to create a mechanism for myself where I can remember. And it's not about control. It's about intention, right? If I intentionally eat the right things at the right time, and I intentionally clear the table with the intention of not touching any of the leftovers. Like that's, you know, not worrying about the fact that I'm throwing it out. It's okay. I could throw it in the garbage. That's how I believe that I can conquer this. And I don't know. We'll see, right? Stay tuned. See if I'm, see, see if that works for me. Um, and, and I don't mind sharing more of my journey as I go. Um, but I definitely have come to a point where this is, you know, this is unacceptable, right? I don't like the way that I look. I don't like the way I feel. I don't like the way I've become. So I need to do something about it. But how do I make sure that I do something different this time? How do I make sure that this time it's not, oh, I lose the weight and then, okay, I'm done. Now I'm going to go put it back on. How do I inherently change my behavior so that I'm taking the right steps all the time, not because I'm in a feeling of lack, but because that this is the right way for me. And I think we need to do that with everything that we do, right? How do we, how do we create a situation or how do we structure this in a way that this becomes the new way for, for me to operate, that it doesn't feel like I'm restricting myself. It doesn't feel like I am putting myself into a box that's unnecessary. And instead, I recognize the true um, the true big picture and the true value 
of getting this resolved once and for all. So I hope that you enjoyed hearing a little bit about what's going on with me and um, and hopefully this this spoke to you in some way. Ultimately, it, you know, I think that what you need to do is get really, really clear on what it is that you want. Like big picture, like, you know, down the road. What is it that you want? That eventually when you when when you're successful enough, that's that's what you're going to have. And when you start to get clear on that vision, on that future self and that future you, that is when you can start to really hone in on making sure that you're seeing the tr- the forest and not just an individual tree, that you're seeing all the patients that need your help and not just this one that's bleeding out in front of you right now. Because that emergency client phone call or that emergency email or that even non-emergent email that just happened to catch your attention, that will derail you from your success by one day. But what happens is is that we start to soften up, right? This is how, how did I put the weight back on, right? Why didn't I stop myself along the way? I mean, when I went up five pounds, I should have been able to just say, okay, reverse course, let's go back five pounds. And the reason is because we play mind games with ourselves. And, you know, you tell yourself, oh, it's only five pounds. Oh, it's only one bite. It's only this. It's only that. You know, tomorrow I'm going to do different. And we never do. And then you end up with the result of whatever it is that you, that you, that you sowed. Therefore, you reap that result, right? So... Let's go out there and change. Let's go out there and embrace a new way, embrace a new practice, and let's get really clear on why we're doing that and put that front and center so we can keep reminding ourselves because ultimately I think that is what's going to fix our problem is if the desire is real, if the desire is true, if you want it badly enough, you will get it. So go choose to want something badly enough so that we can all succeed together. Take care. Have you been enjoying the show? We sure hope so. To make sure you never miss an episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button in your podcast player app. Next week, we will be back with more valuable resources and ideas on how to break the mold and take your law firm to the next level.